Welcome everyone back to our podcast. Uh, my name is Pastor Edwin. We are here uh, live. We are doing our last session here of OSL Level 1 Faith Builders, still in the um, series Being Right with God. This is the last teaching, the last session called The Fear of the Lord, Part 2. The Fear of the Lord Part 2. Last week we did um, The Fear of the Lord Part 1. This week we're doing The Fear of the Lord Part 2. And we left off in Proverbs and we were talking about how um, the fear of the Lord, how it comes to us all. We're going to speak more of that in just a moment. So if you'll turn to Proverbs 16 and uh, put your finger there for just a moment as we're going to uh, prepare ourselves and open up in prayer. Okay. All right. That's Proverbs chapter 16. Heavenly Father, I come to you with an open heart this evening, thanking you for the brothers and sisters that are here today, willingly wanting to uh, receive from you, Father, the wisdom that you promised us, the knowledge that you give to each and every one of us, that we can come closer to you, that we can come to know you more. And we know, Father, that some people say, well, all I need to know is that I am saved. But Father, you say this is not enough. Surely we are saved, but we need to know who you are and why. So when we make disciples, we can uh, speak of you correctly. We can show them exactly who you are and um, being content with the things that you uh, give us and show us each and every day. Father, I thank you for um, the coaches. I thank you for the instructors. Um, I thank you for this uh, podcast that we're able to come together here, those that are live here with us or and those that are listening in from afar. I I pray blessings upon each and every one of you today that no um, disturbances, no interference may come uh, while we finish up this part of OSL Faith Builders, which is um, uh, well due. I mean, we've been waiting a long time, Lord, and we pray, Father, um, that you're, you anoint us with your presence. Holy Spirit, you anoint us with your presence as well, that we may receive that wisdom that Father God tells us about. As we give him the glory, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, get your pens and pencils ready and your notepads because this is going to be hot. And when I mean hot, I mean it's going to be good. And I'm not talking hellfire good, because hellfire is not good, but somewhat hot in that area. Because I tell you, we need to learn these things on, on how to be uh, fearful of the Lord. But in what way, what condition, what does it take? What's going to happen if we don't fear the Lord? Right? Okay, so... I told you to go to Proverbs chapter 16, and we're going to start off in verse 6. And we talked about uh, last week where Jerry Dearman showed us how to um, use the little uh, uh, um, TF next to each verse that says, The fear of the Lord. So we can then capture each one that says, each time it says, um, uh, we talk about, or the, or the Bible says the fear of the Lord in every scripture, every, uh, we went from chapter 10 to verse 27 to chapter 14. Uh, we were in chapter 3, verse 7. We were, we were in chapter 8. We were all over the place, but in Proverbs, and each one was saying, uh, stating the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Uh, uh, do not do wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Um, we talked about, uh, uh, fear of the Lord prolongs days and, and so forth. And we continue on following where fear of the Lord is at. So we kept writing those little things. So if you want to keep doing it, you can. Okay. And we're going to continue on here in chapter, uh, 16, verse 6. And it starts off with, in mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. And by the fear of the Lord, and by, again, and by the fear of the Lord, and this is where you would put that little mark, that TF, the fear of the Lord. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. One departs from evil. You can get it in your head. Okay, I'm not going to stop sinning mind over matter, willpower kind of stuff, you know. I got to do it. I, I'm going to, you know, you start trying to convince yourself you're not going to sin anymore. I'm not going to do it anymore. You start to uh, use that whole process again of, oh, it's mind over matter. I, I can I can do this. But that's not how you get that, okay? You know how you depart from evil? 
Because a lot of people think that, okay, we're going to set up the scene. We're going to get rid of these channels. We're going to get rid, uh, uh, get rid of these things on our phones. We're going to stop hanging around with certain people. We're going to stop listening to type of music. All that stuff, okay, fine. It, it, it goes on, but that's not, it helps you out, but it does not, it does not, again, show you how to depart from evil. Okay, because you can use all the willpower you all the willpower you want, but that's not how you get it. The it's the fear of the Lord. When you realize the love of God, as well as the awesome justice of God, it'll put a healthy fear in you, and you'll begin to say things like, "I, I'm not doing that anymore." And with God's help, even some of you have addictions uh, to uh, sexual addictions, drug addictions, alcohol addictions, and all kind of other other addictions, things like that. Let me let me tell you something. When you have a healthy fear of the Lord, you'll turn to God and say, "God, help me. God, I don't want to do this anymore." And the Lord will help you. He'll help you listen. Listen, and He knows you can't do it on your own. How many of us know that we cannot do this on our own? He knows you don't have the strength to break those powers, and a lot of those things are not just. Physiological, you know, there are a lot of those, a lot of them are spiritual addictions. There are evil spirits that have come in and bound us spiritually. A healthy fear of the Lord will come to God and say, Lord, help me, and God will help you. Listen to me, we're not talking about you just mustering up the willpower to be perfect. We're talking about you refusing to ignore sin, refusing to hide it from God, refusing to justify it. As being okay. We clearly, when, when clearly God says it's not you come to God, uh, his grace is always more than your sin, where sin is abound, grace did much more. Is that what the Bible says? So his grace abounds and forgives you every single time. So we're not talking about people that have an addiction or have a problem that are coming to God for forgiveness. No, that's, that's a fear of the Lord to do that. So we see fear in the Lord when people do that, when they step up and do that. Well, we're talking about the people who are not coming to God, the people who are not asking him for help. They're justifying, they're ignoring, they're hiding it, knowing that God is saying that is wrong. See, and, and that is deficiency, right? At least to some extent. And of the fear of the Lord. Now, let's look at chapter 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Chapter 19, chapter verse time, verse 17, I said, verse 17. No, it was verse 23. Okay, so chapter 19, verse 23, and it says, The fear of the Lord, once again, the fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. Will not be visited with evil. Well, I, I like that. I'm sure you like that too. Anybody in here want to be visited with evil? No, sir. That's right. No, sir. Uh-huh. But notice it says, if you have the fear of the Lord, you'll abide in satisfaction. That's called fulfillment, isn't it? Fulfillment doesn't come from a certain amount of money. Fulfillment doesn't come from the right relationship. Fulfillment comes from the Lord. And whatever relationships you have, whatever amount of money you have, whatever you, you, whatever home you live in, car you drive, or and so forth, you need to know your heart will still be unfulfilled. If you operate and live your life with fear of the Lord, you'll abide in satisfaction. There'll be a healthy fulfillment in your heart that says, I've got the Lord and I'm right with God. I'm on his side. You know, and you start stating that, living that, you showing it. And people uh, receive that as well. Look at chapter 22, verse 4. Chapter 22. Let's just keep moving along. We're going to see how many times, okay? Remember, don't forget to put the TF on there. The fear, okay? Verse 20, chapter 22, verse 4. And it says, by humility and the fear of the Lord. Again, the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Of course, somebody's going to say, well, you're reading right out of the Old Testament here. You just follow on. We got a little surprise for you later on on that, on that idea where people say, oh, well, you know, they want to, they want to question Old Testament with New Testament. You just hang tight. We're going to get there. Okay. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and, and life. So notice 
notice right there that God blesses people that are humble and fear the Lord. See, riches, um, and everybody say riches. Riches, right on. Is that in the Bible? So a thinking, a quick thinking, God didn't want us, just thinking, God didn't want us to think about money. If he didn't want us to think about money, what if he didn't want us to think about it all the time? He should have put it, he shouldn't have put it in there, right? What does God say? I mean, what does he want us to do is fall, he doesn't want us to fall into love and money. He wants us to fall in love with him. He wants us to give him our hearts, not money, our hearts, or, or the deceitfulness of riches or greed to where we put money up as our God instead of him. And we begin to serve money instead of God. No. Well, we serve the Lord, but when you serve the Lord and have fear, have the fear of the Lord, notice that lifestyle allows God to bring riches and honor and life to your life. Isn't that a comfortable and a satisfying thing? And when God is providing for you and God is honoring you and bringing fulfillment into your heart, isn't that something great? Doesn't that feel good? You know what? Real quick, let's turn... Let's turn to uh, chapter 1 in Proverbs chapter 1. I know we're going back, but go to chapter 1 real quick, okay? Proverbs chapter 1 all over again. I'll meet you there. Proverbs chapter 1. And I want to I want us to take a look at this, right? And cuz a lot of people don't know about all of this. And so how can how can they have a fear of the Lord when they don't they don't know? And you think about it, how, somebody asked me that the other day, well, how can these things, what if someone didn't know Christ and they died? And I'm like, well, uh, some, to some extent, everyone, someone has spoken to them of Jesus. Someone has mentioned the name Jesus somewhere and, and they blaspheme his name somewhere. They heard it in movies. They watch movies. Why are they using this man? Who is Jesus? They're always using this man's name. What is it for? So they can't say that. No, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, oh, I never knew that Jesus was king because if they're just being I mean completely absent-minded when they watch movies that you swear and use the Lord's name in vain um and not question who is Jesus okay because if they're watch even shows like that it's showing us who Christ is they did history then of course they see that after death and um, BC before Christ, <laughs> that kind of thing, right? So even in those kind of movies today, that I'm sure they still speak in me before Christ. I I watched movies like that, and I've heard them talk about Jesus all the time. They would swear his name up and down. They would do this. They'd make fun, or or, or some comedian would say something. They would use his name to the point where you would ask. Who is this man Jesus they keep talking about? So it's kind of hard to, to fall under that idea that you didn't know who Jesus was, right? You knew he was somebody. Somebody kept using his name and, and swearing by his name, right? And so, again, how can they have a fear of the Lord if they don't know about the fear of the Lord? To the point where they will stop speaking that way and watching those things. I mean, the first time, I mean, think about it. How many of you guys... The first time you heard about the fear of the Lord. Okay, well, maybe this is the first you've heard somebody talk about the subject of the fear of the Lord. But I want you to notice what God says here in Proverbs chapter 1, beginning in the start of verse 20. And it says here, wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief, see that? She cries out in the chief concourses. At the openings of the gates in the city, she speaks her words. So God is saying, listen, what does this mean? He says, listen, I'm calling out all the time. Man, I'm out there where the people are in the open square. I'm out there. You know, I'm just hustling up. Life is going on. People are doing this, walking by, doing their thing. And God said, in the middle of all that, I'm calling out. I'm yelling out to anybody listening to me. Anybody hearing me. And let me tell you something. If you stop and think about it, you'll have to admit, if you're honest with yourself, that there has been a time. 
There has been a time in your life where you were moving along with the things that you do normally, your daily routine, routine, and something on the inside is screaming out. You're going the wrong way, but you chose not to listen to it. I'm guilty of that. Oh my goodness. And when you get to the destination and you realize it's not where you were supposed to be, do you want to kick your own teeth in? I mean, really? You choose to ignore it. You choose chose not to stop and listen to what the Bible calls that still, small voice where God says, I am screaming at you. So stop. Don't go that way or where everybody else is going. Listen, wisdom calls out loud outside. She raises her voice in the open square. She cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words and listen to what she says. How long? You simple ones, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? How long, you naive ones, how long, how long, you that don't understand what God's about and what his plan for your life is about? How long will you love to be in the dark about it? How long will you refuse to allow, okay, how long will you refuse to allow God to share it with you? How long will you seek for the world's approval and the world's way and the world's success and not come to the Lord your God and allow him to speak to you and to show you what life is really all about? See, how long you, you, how long you simple, naive, not, too so, not so smart ones, will you love to live like that? And you fools, and he goes on to say, and fools hate. Now our scorners delighting their scorning and fools hate knowledge. God says, at my rebuke, what is he saying by that? At my rebuke, I'm rebuking you. I'm telling you, you're going the wrong way. He says, turn at my rebuke. And what's he going to do? What he said. Yeah, what's he going to do? Well, exactly what he said. Turn to me. Listen to the love of God. Turn on my rebuke, he's saying, surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Is this a loving God? Yes. Yes, he is a loving God. I will make my words known to you. Look at the verse 24. Verse 24. I will make my words because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also laugh at your calamity. Let me not go too far because we're getting to a part that we're going we're to speak on what I said earlier. Because I have called you and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded because you disdained. Which means ignored all my counsel and, 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 and you would have none of my rebuke, he says. That we would have none of his rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. In other words, when a big calamity comes into your life. Oh man, and when that comes, we're like in the trial and tribulation. When something big happens. That's why I tell people, man, take his hand freely now. Don't wait till something horrible happens. Where you have no other alternative but to turn to God. You drop to your knees and cry out. My God, help me. Take his hand now. Go to him now. Listen to his rebuke. Listen to his rebuke. See, he says, I will laugh at your calamity. He'll laugh at it. In other words, when that does come, wisdom says, I laugh at you. Why? Because you didn't pay any attention to me. You ignored me. You would have none of my counsel. You wouldn't listen to anything I told you. So when calamity hits, I will laugh at you. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind and you don't know what to do when distress and anguish come upon you, then, then I want you to notice a transition. I want you to notice, I want you to notice a transition here between verse 27 and 28 up until verse uh, um, 27. Here we go. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, then... They will call on me. See, then he knows, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. They will not find me. 
but if see up until verse 27 God is saying because you've ignored me because you wouldn't listen that I'm gonna laugh at you and your calamity I'm gonna laugh at you and your calamity but in verse 28 he stops talking to you listen he stops talking to you he says then they will call upon me but I will not answer what does that mean that he stopped talking to you you can call him he's not gonna say nothing to you because you've ignored me listen he stops talking to you, but I will not answer. In other words, God says, if you continue to turn your back on wisdom, wisdom will eventually turn her back on you. And then when you need God, God said, no, no, not you. Nope, not now. I gave you enough opportunity. I kept calling out loud, speaking to you, sending people to talk to you. You got offended at the people that came to you. You justified, you ignored, you refused, you rebelled, became proud, and you became arrogant. And when wisdom goes on to say, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Imagine that we go seeking God and he's not there. What is this? How, how can we handle this? I mean, if you're used to fellowshipping with God every day and all of a sudden you go there, he's not there. What is this? But they will not find me, he says, because they hated knowledge and noticed and did not, what's the next word? Chose the fear of the Lord. Listen, the next word is chose the fear of the Lord. Now we're again at the fear of the Lord. I tell you, the wisdom of God says the fear of the Lord must be chosen. You have to choose. I'm going to fear God in my life. And I'm going to show you in just a little bit how to acquire the fear, how, how to get this, how to find it, how to, how to live it, how to re, uh, take it in, reel it in. The fear of the Lord. He says, you hated knowledge. It did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despise my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled the fool with their own fantasy. See, for the turning away of the simple will slay them. And the complacency or of fools, in other words, fools that just never got around to turning to God. Just, oh, I always intended to, but I just never did it. I didn't find time to do it. And the complacency of the fools, of fools will destroy them. <laughs> It will destroy them. Listen to this. Don't be a fool. In other words, don't be a fool. God said, don't be a fool. Take my rebuke. Choose to fear me. But verse 33. Look at this. Verse, verse 33. The last one in chapter 1. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear. Of evil, you know how many people I talk to, and they say, "Oh, I, I, I'm scared of Satan." What? You got it twisted backwards. You've been fooled, deceived. You know you're acting crazy. You should not fear the devil. You should fear God, the Almighty God. That's who you should fear. Don't fear Satan and what he can do. Fear God, because the devil has no authority over you. He may have power, but he doesn't have authority over you unless you give it to him. If unless you wave a big flag and say, "All right, come on and get it." I'm ready like a big pizza pie. Come and get a slice of me, right? Whoever listens to me, God is saying, whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Listen, the fear of the Lord must be chosen. God is calling and calling and calling. And you need to know we were created in the image of God. Remember this. Have you ever tried to talk to somebody, tried to love them, try to help them and, and so much? And they continue to ignore you, even to mock you, make fun of you. And what do you end up doing? Eventually, you, you, you get tired. What do you end up doing? You say, I'm, I'm not going to say anymore. Is it, right? I mean, think about that. Well, and why? Because your feelings begin to be hurt. You, you know, you're wasting your time. You're being disrespected. You begin to uh, be injured on the inside. Your heart starts to get filled with this. And it could create some anger, even a compromise. By somebody not giving you any respect. Even the opposite. Don't you know God has feelings? Don't you know all through the Bible that talks about the anger of God and how he was sorry at different times he made man. 
I mean, God has emotions. Listen to that. We were created in his image and his likeness. He created us with the same type of emotion that he has. And the Lord is reaching out to every single one of us all the time out loud, aloud. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm trying to help you, trying to save you from the dangers that are out there in the world. Listen to wisdom. Listen to wisdom. Whoever listens to me and will, they will be secure without fear of evil. Now look at that. Look at that chapter two. Somebody said, how do I get wisdom or how do I get that fear of the Lord? Remember what I was saying? And I haven't had a healthy fear of the Lord. Listen, chapter two, here we go. Here we go. We're in, uh, let's say chapter two. Yes, chapter two. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Again, there it is. Write that down. That TF, the fear of the Lord. And find the knowledge of God. And find the knowledge of God. God, his words, something valuable there. If you'll do these things for discernment, lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. In other words, something valuable. Something valuable. Apply your life as if you're going for what you used to go for when you were dreaming and then your ambitions, you, what you set forth to a uh, goal that you set in your life. But now you make your ambition God in his words. God, I've got to know that uh, what you're saying to me. I need to know. Make that a goal, your ambition to find out what is that God is saying to you. I've got to know your will for my life. Lord, I need your words if you'll search for them as silver and as for hidden treasures. And verse 5, then, and only then he could say, you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, for the Lord gives wisdom. You're not going to find it anywhere else. The Lord gives wisdom from his mouth. Come, knowledge and understanding from the word of God. Listen, you want to know why? Why we have a daily reading plan that we encourage you to do through the OSL? It's certainly not because we think, well, man, this dude, you know, <coughs> these people could actually use this. And if we provide a daily reading plan and encourage people and say we read the Bible every day, people are just going to come on and flow right over here all all and want to read the Bible every day. No, it's not going to happen that way. That's not the way it works. See, that's the discipline of wisdom. You know why we do it? Because these words will paint an accurate picture of the love of God, the absolute truth of God, and the blessings of God, but also the judgments of God in your heart. And all of a sudden, you'll be able to understand how to function under the blessings of God. But his word is coming into your heart. You know, if you'll, if you'll apply yourself and say, I, I've got to get these words. I got to get this in me, man, because I need this. I've got to understand God's ways for my life. Then you'll understand. What are you going to understand? You're going to understand the fear of the Lord. That's what you're going to understand, the fear of the Lord. And you'll find the knowledge of God, see. But it comes from, what do you say? The words, my son, if you receive my words, see, keep my word. Son, yeah, you're busy. I know your schedule is packed and you got a lot of things going on in your life. You you met a new lady, you're doing this, you got a new car, you got a new job or a new promotion. Son, I know you're working overtime. See, I, and God says, I know that, I know all these things, son. I know that sometimes traffic can be real bad coming Home, going to work. And I know the kids that, you know, the phone calls, the emails, all that stuff you got going on, son. But listen, if you don't do anything else and you've got to spend time in my word, you have to. We all have to. We've got to hear his word. We got to stay in his word. We have to hear his word. Let's say it again. We have to stay in his word. We have to hear his word because if you'll seek her at silver and search as for a hidden treasure then you'll understand the fear of the lord you'll find the knowledge of god 
you'll find that knowledge that you're seeking for, what you're asking for. Let's turn over. Well, you don't have to turn over. Write this down in your notes. Deuteronomy chapter 17. Deuteronomy chapter 17. How many of you know that the author is King Solomon, right? And King Solomon, the Bible says, we, I mean, we read it last week, was the wisest man on the face of the earth. Right? Yeah, but how many of you know that King Solomon's life did not end up pretty good? It didn't end up good at all, now did it? You would think it did, and people skip that part. Oh, wow. They go right to the part where he had a lot of wives and concubines and this and that. He was a smart man. He asked for wisdom. Well, listen to this. <laughs> Sorry about the squeaky voice, but how many of you know his heart went away from the Lord? And he began to invest all his wealth, all his money that he had into building altars and temples for other Gods, for foreign gods, it said, right? And gods of his wives to satisfy them. Is that what the Bible says? Because And, and because of it, the Lord came and said what? What did he say to him? I'm going to strip away the most, most of the kingdom away from you. I'm going to strip these things away from you. He said, even though I promised your father that a descendant of his would sit on the throne forever. He said, because of your sin. Because of your sin, I'm going to strip most of the tribes away from you. He said, but I'm not going to do it in your day. Now listen to this, huh? He's going to live the rest of his days stressing about that one thing. That it's not going to happen in his days. Because for the sake of your father David, I, uh, I see there's a man after God's own heart. Not a perfect man. He sinned, didn't he sin? But see, a man with the fear of the Lord, see? And, and so Solomon had a healthy fear of the Lord and he knew wisdom. Now listen to this. I said he knew wisdom, but he sees, uh, uh, he's doing what God said to do to keep nutrients of fear of the Lord in his heart. He did that before. And I want to show you what God said that king, that a king should do in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 17. In Deuteronomy chapter 17. Remember Solomon life, why did it went astray? He used to be like this. He used to keep an eye on, on, on the, uh, and on the things of the Lord and have fear in the Lord. But something happened. Something happened. Let's read that in, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 14. This is before they even got into the promised land. Okay. And God is still speaking through Moses here. And he says this. He says, uh, um, when you come to the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it and dwell in it and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me. You shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses. One from among your brethren you shall set as king over you and you may not set a foreigner over you who is not your brother. <clears throat> now in verse 16, but he shall not multiply horses for himself. Who did that? If you read it, who did it? Solomon did nor cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. Who else did that? Uh-oh. Solomon did it. Coming against the Lord. What did God just say? Not to do those things, but there's two things Solomon did already. He said he traded with Egypt with his horses and developed the term. A uh, huge, I mean, a, a, a multi, well, for us, it would be multi-billion dollar horse trading business. It was tremendous. It would be one of the ways that he made lots of money. But he had to send some of them people back, some of God's people, not just any people. He had to send some of God's people back to Egypt. But God says, I do not want my people back in Egypt. But why? Why didn't God want them back? Because Egypt was a representation of sin, bondage. See, God said, I never want to send my people back to Egypt. He pulled them out of there. Why would he send them back? So he goes on to say for the Lord he goes on to say, for the Lord has said to you, you shall not return that way again. Verse 17, neither shall he multiply wives. Oh, remember we talked about earlier where people right away, they jump on that back one. Many have questioned this very thing. Why can't, why, why, and why they cannot have more than one wife? And they use Solomon. Oh, well, he's in the Old Testament. He was a man of God. You know, then he, wasn't he a friend of God? So without knowing the truth, they live that lie with no fear in God. They don't realize that he was living with fear of God and he turned away from it for what? The women, the, the wives that he had. He was building 
gods, different statues and stuff like that for them, you know, honoring other gods, their wives' gods. Listen, it said, you shall not return that way again, right? Verse 17, neither shall he multiply wives for himself. And who did it? Solomon did it. Lest his heart turn away. Read that again. Lest his heart turn away, nor shall he greatly multiply silver and gold for himself. Who did that to? Uh-oh. Looks like Solomon did it also. Then it says, also it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom that he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book. What is he saying? The king needs to write for himself a copy of the word. He's journaling, see? Uh, a copy of the word of God. A copy of the word of God. Notice, and it says, from the one before the priests and the Levites, verse 19, and it, the copy of the book, we would call it a Bible. And it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life. This is what we call it, the Bible. The Bible, we should read it all the days of our lives. How many days? All the days of his life. Why should he do that? That he may learn to fear the Lord, his God. Is that what it says? Yes. That he may learn to fear the Lord, his God. And be careful to observe all the words of this law and the statutes. It continues on that his heart may not be lifted up above his brethren. Or not be lifted above his brother. And that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, and that he may prolong his days in his kingdom and he his children in the midst of Israel. Solomon lost uh, most of the kingdom for his descendants. See? And Rehoboam was only partially over one or two of the tribes when the nation was split because, listen, he lost the fear of the Lord. This is why. He had it. He had this. He lost it. Listen, he had it. But what did he fail to do? He failed to make a copy of the book. He read it all the days of his life because he had done that. He would have learned the to read it all days of his life. Fear the Lord on a daily basis. He would have learned the fear of the Lord on a daily basis. This is why you and I, you and I, we must continue reading the Holy Scriptures, the absolute truth of God. Because it grows what in us? We learn the fear of the Lord on a daily basis. And his heart would not, his heart would not have been lifted up to go uh, against God. Against everything that he told him to do. And the throne of his father David would have continued to pass down from descendant to descendant to descendant to descendant. And descendant and descendant and descendant. What does that tell us today? That tells us that a healthy fear of the Lord doesn't come just because one time we say, we decided, yes, I want to fear the Lord. But it comes because we choose, right? We have chosen a regular diet in our lives to read this uh, uh, a diet of the Word of God. Uh, this Word is not to scare us at all or scare you and I, but it's to bring reality back to where we understand. Oh, that's right. That's what it's about. Because this world has a way of, of sucking you into a patterned way of thinking. Uh, a virtual reality. Uh, 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 some people call it today. Now I've been hearing it more and more. The matrix, so to speak, you know. And you forget that we're we're not going to be judged by the rules of this virtual world that we live in. But God is still in control. Is he not? Amen. Hallelujah. And the way God says it'll be is the way it'll be. And somebody says, oh, come on, man. That's Old Testament stuff. That's not the way it is anymore. We're under grace. This is the New Testament. Really talk to an essence of fire. Is that right? New Testament. Who came in and lied about how much they were bringing in. Who? In New Testament. How much they sold their land for. And Peter said, you dare to test the Spirit of God. Bam! What happened? They both dropped down dead, right? Right there. Is that Old Testament or was it New Testament? What about the guy that was giving Paul a problem and, and that mist fell on his eyes and blinded him just like that? That Was that Old Testament or New Testament? What about Jesus when Jesus said in Matthew 7.21 where he said, uh, You know, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. 
For many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord. See, they're calling him Lord. What does that mean? They think they're Christians. They say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many signs and wonders in your name? And, and he said, and I'm going to say to them, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness now. What does that mean? Yeah, you did that in church, see? you Maybe you were there and, and you showed up and you did these things, but you had another life too. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? Huh? Two lives? Yeah. You did that in church. You did the God thing. You went in. You praised the Lord. Hallelujah. Clap your hands. Stopped your feet. Walked around. Shook around a little bit. Dropped some money in the basket. Yeah, you talked that Christianese, all right. And you did those things. But outside, outside, you lived a whole different life. A different life. He said, depart from me. You practice lawlessness. I never knew you. And listen to what he said. Many are there going to be, not a few. He said, many who are going to be shocked. See, we know the world who says no. I'm not a Christian. Says, I'm not, I'm not a Christian. No, no, what we know. See, that's the world talking. They're not going to be shocked. They know. People like you and I were true believers. But the, we know. But these are the people that Jesus said, many are going to say, Lord, Lord, see. Listen, Galatians 5.19. Got this written down here. Galatians 5.19. Listen to what Paul says. Now the words of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions. Put that one in your in front of you. Write that down. Dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness. <sighs> drunkenness. You know, you know what that is? Our culture calls it partying. Uh-huh. Rivalries and, and like, hey, let's go to a party, man. We're gonna hang out, have a few. In other words, that's not all. You know, and it's stuff like that. Oh, which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time. Pass that those who practice those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What does that mean? That you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. You're not inheriting the kingdom of God. How come? They're not going to heaven. That's what Paul is saying. Those who practice those things, they're not going to heaven. They are not going to heaven. Is, is, is nobody said in Galatians in the Old Testament or the New Testament? How about 1 Corinthians, the New Testament? 1 Corinthians 6. Verse 9, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters. Fornicators, people having sex outside of marriage, nor idolaters, people who worship something other than living their uh, uh, life or something other than God. Nor adulterers, people compromising marriage vows, nor homosexuals. You know, there are whole churches that condone this. They have homosexual pastors and talk about love of God and he accepts us. He knows us. He knows our preferences and so on. But see, because these things aren't taught anymore, people don't have a fear of the Lord. Let me tell you, whether you have it or you don't, the outcome will be the same. Yes, listen, do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom? You will not inherit the kingdom, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals. Sodomites, I mean, I won't go into detail. You understand what this means. Nor thieves, nor, nor coverages, nor drunkards. There it is. Partiers, nor revelers, nor extortion. There's people stealing money will, will inherit the kingdom of God. No. I, I mean, you know, look, listen to this. I love this. And such work. Some of you, but you were washed. Somebody say amen. Hmm? People stealing money will inherit the kingdom of God. Such work, some of you, for some of you. But look at that. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. But the Spirit of our God, see, listen, he's not talking about being perfect. That's not what I'm talking about here at all, either. I'm not uh, 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 saying you should be perfect. But he's talking about a people that have come to the Lord and says, I need you, Jesus. I need your forgiveness, Lord. And then the forgiveness of Jesus flows freely. 
But there are a whole lot of people that call themselves Christians, but continue to practice these things. They continue on and on and on and on, deceiving. Huh? They've been deceived that they can live two lives. And God says, don't you know? It's not, that ain't going to happen. The outcome is bad. In the book of Revelation too, the outcome is bad. And you may not understand what the beasts and the creatures mean. A lot of it's symbolic, but you can understand the judgments of God. You need to read it. These things are real. See, li listen to what Revelation uh, uh, chapter 20 says. Write this down. Chapter 20, Revelation verse 11 says that I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from those from whose face, from whose face the earth, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. Our keys need to understand the awesomeness of this God. What does it mean by their, their faces fled away? They fled away when they looked at him. Oh no, it's God. Not that he's a meanie. No, he's very loving, very gentle, but rejecting him. But rejection of him, ignoring him, justifying rebellion and disobedience will bring out a side of God that is unbearable. I mean, something you cannot overcome. You cannot hide from or, or avoid or slip through the cracks. Just maybe you might get away with it. I don't think so. From whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. In other words, they couldn't hide. And I saw the dead man. The, I'm sorry. I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books, plural, were opened. And another book, singular, was opened. Which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works. By the things which were written in the books. There's a book, people. There are books written, being written of things we do. Every day, every life, somebody in heaven is copying down the works one by one by one books. And they were judged according to the worst of the books. Listen to that. In other words, there's nobody that can say, stand there and say, I was a pretty good guy. I mean, let's read. Hold on. You hear what I'm saying? Because, I mean, it won't be just God saying, no, I, I, I kind of don't think you were. They will be judged according to the words written in the books. Look at verse 13. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And verse 14 says, And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of water, in the lake of marshmallows, in the lake of fire. Books will show you why. But it's the book of life that will determine whether you go to heaven or hell. How many of you know that when you receive the Lord Jesus because of the fear of the Lord, so you come to Jesus and you receive cleansing by the blood of Christ, that the pages of your book can all blotted out with red stains, see, covering you up. <laughs> Do you know that? And whatever, I mean, think about that. And whatever angel is standing there trying to read you and says, I can't make this out. It's, it's blotted out with red. I can't make anything out on that page either. I just can't read it. And there's Jesus over there smiling like, yeah, baby, I got you covered. I can't make anything out. Why? Because they're all under the blood of Jesus. All of them are under the blood of Jesus now. Right? You see what I'm talking about? See, that's the grace of God. That's what we understand. Oh, thank you, Jesus. When we see everybody else's book being read and our books cannot be read. But that doesn't happen just because Jesus loves us. That happens because we had enough fear of the Lord to bring our lives to him and to allow him to cleanse us, allow him to be the substitution for our sin. See, that's the grace of God. But that healthy fear of the Lord also says, like Paul said, he said, well, he said, uh, what shall we say then? Because grace abounds. Shall we continue in sin because grace abounds? Because abound? Uh, certainly not. How shall we who are dead now to sin live any longer there? How, man? In other words, the message of grace is because we receive grace and being cleansed from sin. This grace also gives us the ability 
to begin to obey God. Like, I mean, to obey him in a way like we never obeyed him before. God helps you to do it. You don't have to do it on your own. He helps you to do it. But if you're one of those Christians that somehow missed the concept and thought, I, I just pray a little prayer and receive Jesus and call myself a Christian, but I still live my life the way I want to, then you're in for a great shock at the end because you never did really understand the fear of the Lord and therefore didn't understand the grace of the Lord Jesus and what he did for you. See, I could go on and on and on and how the abominable and the cowardly, all the liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, on and on. But it all says the same thing, that every single human being is a sinner. And without the blood of Jesus cleansing their sin because they've turned their heart and life to Jesus, gave him their life and we're all doomed before this. But if we've done that, listen, God is not throwing us out of his kingdom every time we sin and make a mistake because see, God's looking at our spirit. Our spirit has been born again and has the righteousness of God in us. But the Bible makes it very clear that if you, you've done that, okay, that if you've done that and received the and tasted the goodness of God, partaking of the Holy Spirit even. But he said, if you turn your back on Jesus and begin to go back into sin, he said, well, there's no other sacrifice for you, man. I don't know what to tell you. In other words, you turn back on the one Jesus, there is not some other way that you're going to get into heaven by cutting your way into it or justifying how how you were pretty good, a good guy or a good woman and I helped people and, and I gave them some money and I'm, I'm a nice person. I, I didn't steal like they stole. There's no other way to get in there but through Jesus Christ. This is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about, brothers and sisters. There is no other way. There is no other way. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Remember when we read that? The fear of the Lord is the beginning. And therefore, we continue moving forward in the fear of the Lord. Read the Proverbs. Everything that we went over here is for your growth, for you to pass it on to another brother and sister, that they may grow from it as you do exactly what Christ told you to do, and that is go out and make disciples of all the nations. And these things we do them to glorify God always and forever. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen.